Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I loved Shania Twain. I remember she lost an award at the like People's Choice Awards one year to Leanne Rimes, and I cried so hard that my mother was like, you need to stop or we're going to the doctor. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week we have a special re-release of Matt Rogers' incredible episode. If you are a long-time listener, I hope you enjoy spending time with an episode you maybe have heard before. And if you have found us in the last year and a half... Well, get on board, Gerlina, because Matt fucking Rogers is here. Side note, I saw Matt perform in Greta Teitelman's show in LA a few weeks ago, and he sang so fucking well that I felt devastated at how much talent lies in that stunning body. Uh, speaking of Greta, she's doing That's a Gay-Ass Live show tomorrow in LA. It is finally here. Thank you for putting up with all of the posting about it. We just decided to book a venue twice as big than the last one and trying to fill those seats, y'all. And it's shaping up to be just so, so much fun. Uh, so look out for pictures if you are not in LA for that, hopefully this weekend. And then the announcement for the New York date is coming up in no time. We're getting into this episode, though, with Matt Rogers. If you have not yet left a five-star review, why not take the chance, the time, and the moment to do that right? Fuking now. Uh, I can't wait to see a lot of you at that TKS live show on the 27th this Thursday. And for more fun gay times beyond, enjoy. Zoom just let us know that she's doing her. We love thing. her confident girl we love her she's usually dependable sometimes throws us a curve but we're here for her roller coaster take me on it speaking of roller coasters can you kind of like get us into what happened at lunch here (laughs) 
All right. Basically, I was at lunch and um, I was at so I, I went to the establishment Sweet Chick. This is a ch- chain that is sort of popular really in, in New York, Brooklyn, really all around the country. And I just um, I thought 35 minutes would be enough time to like order a simple sandwich and get in, get out. And um, I quickly became aware of the fact that, that was not going to be uh, their timeline of acceptability so here i am the chick was on a different timeline from you but you know what and it's a sweet chick and it's so sweet that you're here matt rogers i want to say the fact that you were on that's a gay ass podcast i've said it to Ooh. some guests before but you need to know this matt rogers this world is better off because of you in it this world Shut is up. more rich full and the fact that you are on this podcast this Stop podcast is better off for it Listen, I have to tell you, I'm honored and thrilled to be here. I can't think of a better podcast to come sort of mouth off on. Mouth off on That's a Gay Ass <laughs> Podcast, Matt Rogers. Well, uh, I want the listener to know that you are in New York City and I'm in New York City, but uh, one day in the near-ish future, you're going to probably be seeing me in Los Angeles. We are uh, getting closer to making our date to move there. Oh, when when are you going? What, what, and and what's the deal? Are you just like life change or anything concrete? The long story short is that I have been feeling pulled emotionally, physically, universally, and uh, then my other half. Um, we finally decided that now is the time. We'd just like to make a little change. We're in our 30s it's now or never oh yeah i have to tell you it's one of the best decisions i've ever made and i say that with no ill will toward the city of new york the city that really made me who i am i love new york city it's just um i don't know how to say this uh the humidity is unbearable the subways (laughs) are unbearable um a lot of the uh just sort of built-in ways of living here you realize you don't have to live like this Mm. you can go to los angeles and sort of like let things be a little easier i mean there was a time in new york where because like i feel like new york like breeds like workhorses and there was a time where if i didn't have five or six things on my schedule a day i was like not busy i was not busy enough for myself and now it's like i'm in la and it's like if there's two things on my schedule i'm like full day and i love it i love it wait that is honestly what i think i needed to hear in this moment because i have those six or seven things today and i had like two hours to not do anything i was like god i'm such a lazy piece of shit i just need to be doing more it's like that's not the way that's not sustainable babe no you don't and the thing is too like um i think that because new york city is constantly bustling and constantly things are happening you can't get away from the noise of activity it just makes you feel like you have to be out there doing things but guess what there's such a thing as being spread too thin and sometimes i look back on you know my years in new york and i think was i giving my 100 percent to the all the six things i was doing in one day you know instead of uh taking a break like actually eating lunch or you know building in time during the day to like exercise or go to the gym or like go shopping for food like there were times where like, I didn't learn to cook when I was in my 20s living in New York because I was just busy all the time, going, going, going. And I think it just, like, wasn't good for me because I was eating a lot of garbage and a lot of things I could get quickly and just throwing things in my body and then going, going, going. And now that I'm living in a place where it's just you're, it's acceptable to slow down a little bit more, I pay attention to other aspects of my life besides career that need attention. And I think it's good. So are you saying right now that you're an Equinox girly? 
I actually am an Equinox girly. I kind of love that for you, though. I waited a really long time, uh, um, and just because I couldn't afford it at all. And then, as of the, as of like the last couple couple years, like I'm doing a little bit better in my career, and that's another thing too. Is like in LA, there's just more work in the entertainment industry. There's just a lot more going on. Whereas in in New York, I was just happy to be paid at all. Like I used to freelance write for a few websites, and it was like I would do recaps for episodes of TV, and it would be like a hundred bucks a recap. And I was just like, thank God I'm making this money. And now it's just like, it's it's different because maybe because my career started or maybe maybe my career was just ready to start at this time. But I have to associate some of that with moving to L.A. because it just changed when I moved to L.A. Um, not saying that like if you move here, like all of a sudden everything is going to be lucrative and incredible. But um, there's definitely just more financial opportunity I found. And that made it easier but could you promise that for me, please? Is that okay? If you're not the kind of person who, like, kills those who make promises that they can't keep, no, then no. I'll make a promise to you right now that, Eric, you're about to be a fucking millionaire. <laughs> you're about to be a millionaire, boo. Listen, speak it into the universe. The universe listens, and then she delivers. Been spoken. She's been spoken. She's been spoken. Well, I, I feel like I, I want the people to know that I, uh, speaking of being in New York, first met you during our college days of it all and then it's at university as british people say at uni and it's um Mm -hmm. it's been a few years since then but 10 it's fully we can say 10 (laughs) we can say 10 i was thinking about that the other day because every time i come back to new york like i'm in i'm in soho right now and so i'm like walking around and like all the old haunts like and i'm just like wow it's been a decade since i graduated or nearly a decade since i graduated did you know that dojo on west on west fourth is just fully closed (gasps) <gasps> but honestly if you were going to tell me that dojo was still open i would have been just as surprised the gasp would have been the same but <laughs> honestly like i just walked by it and i'm like it's like that taylor swift song and cats beautiful ghosts i'm like all i'm seeing all around me are just beautiful ghosts like dojo is a beautiful ghost well listen <laughs> speaking of beautiful ghosts i like uh, the my the ghost of my old apartment i used to live on thompson street for one year it was like 1100 dollars for a f- six floor walk up and i think yeah. I, I think i might have told this to the Catherine cohen on this podcast about when my apartment was robbed and that was the only time it was robbed was in soho on thompson street and i oh fucking brutal brutal and talk you talk about just new york brutality like i remember when i found that apartment i did it all by myself because my roommate was out of town for the summer falling in love with Catherine cohen actually at williamstown separate story but uh is this a gay man straight man straight man straight oh straight man okay so it could have gone either way because gay men do tend to fall in love with katherine cohen and that's sort of a tale as old as time um but straight men falling in love with katherine cohen i know happens as well just not as often <laughs> not as often but it has been known to happen at least once or twice so what ended up happening is i fought to find this apartment and i finally got it and i was so stressed i wasn't going to find anywhere and then once i found it i called my parents thinking i was going to be like i found this apartment i'm so excited and instead of that i had an emotional release i wasn't expecting and i was weeping on houston street oh. well, which is of course again tale as old as time crying in new york yeah i mean if you're in your 20s in new york and you're not weeping at least once on houston street you didn't do it right and you got to go back <laughs> you can't move to another city until you've done that I don't until you've that. wept on houston and thompson <laughs> yeah it well i i didn't know if i was going to tell you this but i i'm going to because it, it has come up organically um 
I haven't really seen you for a long time, but I did see you at a time that I don't think you saw me. And it's for a good reason, because it was on a subway and we were on opposite sides. But the reason why I didn't say hi to you is this. What? I was crying. <laughs> and I promise you, I promise you that this is not a normal, like, I'm always crying in the streets of New York. It was just like during a winter of 2019. Oh, really? I think so. A friend of mine, a friend of mine, I was with her on the subway and I was just, it was one of the darkest, one of the darkest periods of just like, I just finished oh, a big so job sorry. and just like, yeah. oh, it's okay. But what happened, she was like talking to me and I started to like unexpectedly cry a little bit. And I looked over and I saw Matt Rogers and I was like, if Matt Rogers sees me weeping on this subway train, I, 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 I have to say, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, I'm usually kind of in my own world on the subway. I, I'm not a, an observant person, but, um, I'm so sorry that you were crying. And I want you to know that had I seen you crying, I would have been there for you. I really would have. Thank you, Matt. Oh my God. I'm so heartbroken. Well, and I have to tell you, there is. Why a- were you crying? I was crying. Was it just the job of it all, emotional release, or was it a relationship related? Uh, you know what it is? If I'm being very honest with you, is that it was a combat, a perfect storm of I got back to the city from doing this show and I was depressed from for being unemployed but also my depression led to my relationship having a tough moment and we were planning our wedding (laughs) and so i was feeling so many pressures of the of the world really of you you know are you a piece of shit career-wise are you a, a piece of shit in your relationship and you're supposed to have this like beautiful wedding like i was like having all of these crazy thoughts and so it the pressure of it all and also it's the it was february in new york city like who isn't devastated do you remember what subway line it was um oh i think we were heading to brooklyn and it might have been oh was it the g oh to cry on the g to cry on the g that's dark dark days yeah but the happy ending is that we like i had to address the darkness and just like you know made sure i was talking in therapy made sure i boo 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 and then ended up like like matt and i got my husband and i got stronger at that point like career stuff worked out it just like it was a low point well we love to hear it and honestly like i always feel like um I, I almost laugh when I look back at those times, like the misery of New York, like crying on subways. Like, uh, uh, you know, there were there were days when I thought my life was truly over around 2018, 2019, because that I think we're the same age was our return to Saturn, babe. And uh, times were thick and times were tough, but they ended. And I'm happy that you are doing better and gonna do this move to la because i'm telling you it's the choice it's the choice it is the the choice choice. and you know what's funny is about the the saturn return is that i actually so when i turned 30 it was two weeks before my wedding and so i didn't i was just like oh yeah i'm getting married i'm 30 and it's fine but then my 31st birthday was a pandemic 31st birthday and that's when the darkness returned a bit because i was Again, you know, oh, wow, I'm turning a year older. And what exactly do I have as evidence of how far I've come? Well, I don't, I didn't feel like, feel like I was taking as many steps forward as I would have liked. And listen, I, I actually, I hate to like rub this in, but I think I had one of the last birthday parties before COVID. My 30th birthday party was on March 9th. Yes, you did. And like, I think it was like March 11th. No, it was like March 7th or March 9th, that weekend. And I'm telling you, I had a huge. 30th birthday party and then three days later it was like if you're seen with even one other person you're 
you're going to jail and it was like everyone's going home and i was like oh my god i was just with literally a hundred people like i i did was i at a covid super spreader event was my date of birth party a covid super spreader event? well speak now was i'm it? happy to report that not one person no not one person had covid from it that i know of that's incredible yeah i mean it's literally a miracle it was it was a big event in a small house uh. And so it really, it really could have been bad, but luckily it wasn't. I'm so glad. I mean, honestly, what a way to go out though is celebrating with the gorgeous. And then truly, mere days later, you're sitting at home just thinking, was that okay? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, this last birthday, I, I what did I even do? I, I don't, I don't think I did much at all. Like, yeah, and I just, so I, I was lucky. I was lucky to get my thirtieth in because you know that's famously a big one. Famously, it is. I actually am having a flashback for my birthday for this the pandemic thirty first. It was like on a random Monday or Tuesday. I sat with one friend in a park, had an edible, and then just like actually felt very content because I had no other choice but to just be present in that moment. Whereas I think other years it's like do we do the big thing? Do but it's like I just like you know watch the watch the world pass and then had a little dinner it was my first restaurant too in the pandemic we we sat outside at a restaurant and i don't know what your what your emotional life was during but i am canonically anxious and it 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 really took me until getting that vaccine to actually feel like not completely freaked out by the world yeah for me it was a very up and down pandemic i started it like kind of on a big upswing professionally and also i was in a great relationship and um you know as the pandemic is wont to do it kind of stopped things in its tracks professionally and it's all fine now because things are kicking back up again but i'm no longer with my boyfriend I, I think that um the pandemic like caused a lot of people to like really look at the situations they were in and find out like is it sustainable like is it what we want long term and uh, you know, it, it's it's hard. It's it's it was really hard. It also kind of like accelerated relationships. I think. Oh yeah. You know, I was I had been dating my boyfriend for I think probably about nine months, and then it was almost like we were living together. And I was just like, you know, it, it unfortunately changes dynamics. And um, you know, I I I don't say unfortunately because I I'm happy to like have any sort of like awakening that's positive and i do think it's positive and we're still close but it's it was hard i mean like you don't want to be cooped up and going through the stress of a breakup and dealing with life i mean and the uncertainty and i just remember like you know the election happening and it felt like it was so long and it was just the fires in la that was what's one thing about la you're gonna absolutely hate is fire season um it ju- i just remember like it, it it all felt insurmountable and I ended up like going on a vacation by myself. Like I just like left LA and was like, didn't tell anyone I was going and just like went by myself. And it was just like, I just needed to get the fuck out. But I don't begrudge anyone their coping mechanisms during the pandemic, unless obviously it was like, you know, lethal towards others. <laughs> um, like I, I didn't, I, I, like I said, I like, I took like a solo trip by myself and like, you know, did my own thing and like, you know, ultimately turned my life around because it was getting weird there. Like yeah. I, 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 I like, I like, um, decided to let myself go very early on. Like it was like, oh, we have to be home for two weeks. I'm going to only eat pizza and watch Survivor. I'm not going to move. <laughs> like I look at my steps from that time and it's like I, there there are days I walked like 67 steps. Oh yeah, yeah. It was horrible. I gained I think 20 pounds, which I that had never happened to me before. Like not even when I was in college, I didn't even gain like gain like the freshman weight like everyone does. Like I I've always been pretty lucky. 
and this this pandemic like it was it was very clear that i was 31 you know i mean yeah i was gonna say talk about a saturn return uh yeah i I do find it though like it's it's always inspiring to me when people can still be friends with their exes because i really think that's not an easy thing to do i I am not the type that has many of those like the actually one person that i lost my virginity to back in those nyu days in u-haul if you go off oh i i was in u-haul i wonder if i know the person Oh, you you definitely do, um, but <laughs> okay. Off air, you have to tell me who it is. I will. I definitely will because it was. Gosh, what floor was it on? What I I I mean, yeah. There's so many. Specific... If you say 14, I'm gonna lose my shit because you know that's the floor I lived on with one Hanukkahim. Oh my god! You know Hanukkahim is is. It, 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 listen, plug right now, everyone. Hanukkahim is a queen, and she does host a podcast called Brews with Broads. It's about women and beer. You gotta listen to it. Oh, I love that. Yes, a lot of my stories on this podcast are, have to do with Hannah because she—I've been friends with her for twenty something years. Yeah, I remember. I—I I didn't know you guys were friends before that. I just always remember you guys being close at school, and I always. Yeah, like, we grew I, up in St. Louis together. We. Oh. But um, the the virginity moment was you know in that U-Haul. I don't think it was fourteen. I it, it might have been eleven, so not too far off. Okay. But um, why am I talking about losing my virginity, Matt? Uh, I think you're talking about it because you were talking about difficulties in staying close with exes yeah oh yes yes so that person is really i have a really lovely relationship with love seeing him but one of my like big relationships that i have not seen he blocked me like two years after we broke up shit yeah we haven't seen each other in probably seven or eight years and um does it bother you you know, it used to. It really did. It really used to because I, part of me was just like, but I just want to see how he's doing. But I'm sure part of me just wanted to feel like wanted again. And like, you know, yeah, it's just so weird how you can have like been so close with someone. You could have been inside of someone. You I could know. have been like so many, so many things. And then when they're a stranger to you again, I find it such a crazy part of yeah, life. It's like, it's like a death. It's like experiencing a death. I mean, even when you're yeah. still friends with that person, you see that person, or even if you're the one that ended things, you still have to see that person sort of out in the world. Yeah, how do you deal with it? Uh, you know, it's hard and i try not to be selfish about it because a lot of this is like for example like your ex blocking you on insta and all that stuff like he did that because he needed to do that you know what i mean and i think that if he needs to do that it's you're responsible to him as someone that loved him and like someone that was with him to let him have whatever he needs and truly like I think it's really important to give people space and time and also boundaries. I mean, it's something that's really hard for me as someone who's got like codependent relationships on top of codependent relationships in my life. Like, I guess, I guess I just, I'm someone that really likes relying on someone else or really likes having like like positive, you know, reinforcement all the time. Like I, I, I really (laughs) like to, um, be, uh, reassured. Oh, me too, Matt. Um, and so that's that's like a source where you can get that that when that goes away it's almost like part of me is has to watch like getting emotionally fulfilled from a person that i'm no longer in a relationship with because it's so true like you can be the closest person in the world it's your best friend and you're their support system and they're your support system and then just because you break up because one aspect of the relationship didn't work or you think that something else should be working better like you still lose those other things and it's important to i think notice and recognize that um, a breakup is a breakup and it's 
you can't expect or force someone to be there for you in the way that they always were. It's an adjustment. That's part of the grieving process, I think. But also like talking about always needing positive reinforcement. I'm actually Matt my Matt and I are apart for two weeks right now. And for the first time since the pandemic started. And I realized my thoughts were going a little more crazy than normal. And I realized it's because I don't have a person there to, to constantly validate me and constantly give me positive reinforcement. Right. And um yeah, the codependency of it all is very, very relatable. I don't know if it's because wait, you are you are you italian is that right i'm greek greek okay is it the greek thing is it a no I, no i think I'm, i think it's just a crazy thing i'm like pisces <laughs> i thought you were gonna ask about astrology i was like oh i'm a i'm a dripping wet pisces i'm a pisces rising pisces cancer moon which means i could start crying at any second wow like it means it means get away from me is what it means like i'm needy i'm very emotional and sensitive um and i say this with love for myself I think there's a lot of good things about me too, but I'm, I'm very, um, you know, I'm a lot, I require a lot and I try, I say that not to scare people away, but you know, I think that, um, you know, when they say in a relationship, there's like a flower and a gardener, I'm a flower and wait, uh, I haven't yeah. heard that, but I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. My ex kind of brought that to my attention. He was like, you know, in relationships, there's a flower and there's a gardener and you're a flower and I'm a gardener. And I was like, Yeah. Oh, wait. So I'm a flower, too. But babe. the fact is, I think he was more of a flower than he was willing to admit. Oh, he wanted yeah. to bloom, but you wanted him to water. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think there's always one person in the relationship that's a little needier or, or, or needs more of the watering and maybe yeah. some extra soil. Well, the thing is, I think that was like, I think he was the one that brought that to my attention. But I think that was a mischaracterization of our relationship, if I'm being honest. And I'm wearing my goggles, my good goggles, looking back on it. But I do think that that's true. And I think in every good relationship, there should be um, someone who is there probably as a flower and a gardener. And like, ultimately, you both want to grow into gardeners and be able to water each other. But, you know, um, for some people, it's harder. Absolutely. Um, I think that they're there. I think that my positive function in relationships, if I have to examine it, is I think I make life more fun. I think I like have positive things that I bring to things. I, I I'm very loving. But I think if I look back on my relationships, I definitely um, I think I haven't been ready to be in them because I wasn't ready to not put myself first. And so now that I'm able to move forward and know that's true, I think it'll just be more fair for the next person I date because totally. I think I think I went for such a long time, like because you're like gay or closeted or whatever, or, like insecure. I I went for such a long time, never ever having a boyfriend, and I there were times when I was like, I'll never have one because I just thought maybe I'll be I'll be too difficult to date. I'm not ready. And then when I got one, I was so excited about having one. It wasn't until way into the relationship that I was examining whether or not it was right for me oh. and whether or not I was a complete person enough to be in one. And obviously, when you're in your fucking mid twenties, like you're not. No, and, and people are in them all over the world and good for them if they're ready to do that i just realized like you know all throughout my 20s i wasn't figured out enough or realized enough or or knew enough about myself to actually be fair to another person in a relationship and so i'm moving forward with that and trying to get better yeah it's but it's also so emotionally intelligent and evolved to me and i think that's a great way to be easy like knowing that you, maybe you're not ready versus having zero idea you're not ready but just like continually making people suffer Plowing. through 
you, you plowing yeah. through people because there's other people that do that and i think like me and a communicative man is just ooh, is that a gold mine in this world well you know what's funny now like even when i'm dating early on like and someone asks me questions about myself like i think like even like a few years ago, I would have been doing some sort of performance. Like, mm. it's so funny. I was just talking the other day. I think I was talking to, um, I was talking to my friend Studi about this. And I was like, do you remember in our 20s when we used to drink IPAs? And then I remembered like when I was on OkCupid when I was like 22, like, which I'm really curious to see if my profile is still up because you have to fill out all your interests and everything <laughs> like that. And I remember one of my four interests was drinking IPAs. <gasps> and it's not. It's it's like those beers make me so tired. I don't even <laughs> like the taste of IPA. I don't like the taste of hoppy beer at all. But I think I was doing it because I wanted to appear a certain way. Maybe it was like a mask drag performance thing. Um. Maybe it was I just wanted some connection with like straight culture dating maybe i wanted guys to know that i was like rather mean up at a bar that was more general population than like a gay bar like uh. at the time i just wasn't really settled in myself and so it's so funny because that was an obvious way i was like parading around an untruth about myself and being dishonest about who i was romantically but that still happens in little tiny micro ways and so now when i'm dating i just try to be honest as fuck yeah because, from the beginning because you're gonna have to be at some point exactly and like once the facade comes down it's like this is who i like this is me i remember and i truly am not proud of this but i, I identify with you of the the mask sort of you know facade mm -hmm. of i when i was first in my 20s trying to date outside of after college i was like you know was one of those people that did want to find someone that was a little more masculine and i told myself yeah, of that to be with some and then i realized as i was dating and when i started to meet people that i was very interested in that wasn't masked i was like I, I that's definitely when the mirror was put up to my face and i was like wait a minute this is an amazing person that i am trying to limit based on my own fucked up growing up being told what it means to to be a man and i yeah luckily was able to let go of that but i think a lot of people it takes them too long to let go of the, the things that they are trying to find because well, they were told to find something like that yeah and people aren't aware of it i think that people aren't aware of like how colonized our desires are you mm -hmm. know what i mean like i i used to think i think it was subconscious um and then i became more conscious of it but i was like well i can't date um this femme person because what would my dad think mm. or like i or like you know like i have to really now that i've come out of the closet like that's enough like i can't be i can't rock the boat too much so let's find someone that drinks ipas you know right. what i mean like it's yeah. just it's it's fucked up it's lame it's like almost definitely internalized racism and homophobia it's like all these things like yeah. it's just really garbage and so as you move through life and mature and get to know yourself i think what i always say is like what i always say i'm always saying this um it's like you come out of the closet and that's one thing and that's like literally one percent of the work because mm -hmm. then you have to come out with your interests and your opinions and you have to come out with your natural inclinations and what you're actually attracted to and you sort of meet yourself outside of what you've been curated to be by society and by your family and by like your surroundings growing up especially you know i mean i grew up on long island like it was and and like there's still things about me that are just like internalized from that culture um not in harmful ways just like in little social ways like you know what i mean like uh, like uh, even the way i speak sometimes like right if I have even one drink it'll be coffee not coffee you know what i mean like it's just like that but what i mean is to say um it takes a very long time to 
not only become who you are, but get adjusted to who you are and then be able to like introduce that person to other people. So that's why I try to cut myself some slack about, you know, being like, quote unquote, difficult in my first couple relationships is because I didn't know what the fuck to do. Mm. No one ever told me. I didn't even know how to use my butt for sex until like my mid to late 20s. Like, come on. Like, it, we're we're delayed. We need a birds and the birds conversation. Th- it's so unfair that that queer people have to like figure it out for themselves when there's all these illustrated books. Like, like I, yeah. I, it, you know, I hopefully none of my parents or in-laws are listening to this part but like i and if you are just just skip like 20 seconds but like i when i first was dating i just never knew about butt stuff how in terms of my own and then i my first relationship was solely a t to t and then as i move forward in life i had to literally learn that it is okay to you know scratch my back and scratch yours but i didn't know how and i had to like go through the olympic trials of figuring this out and i finally then put myself through school went to babeland got the stuff and it took me i'm not exaggerating like three years to figure out how to actually do it and i you know i wish i had learned earlier but Again, some people don't learn at all, and they need to. I I mean, I think that it's just... No one needs to do anything, but I would say it feels nice to be able to have intercourse. You know what I mean? Like, it feels nice to be able to feel... I remember when I was, like, frotting my way through New York when I was, like, in my (laughs) early 20s. I'm not even kidding. Like, I was always just like, I feel like something's missing. Like, I'm not really connecting sexually. Like, I feel like I'm not, like, having sex or making love to these guys that I really want to, like fuck and i always felt like empty after my hookups and then yeah with time i sort of figured it out and like i've had lots of fulfilling relationships where that was not a thing i've had many a great hookup where that was not a thing i didn't have like a dick in my ass or whatever and was fine but when i figured out how to enjoy that you know and it's still a journey sometimes aka it does hurt every single time until you until you get used to it um i i was i felt enriched by it but no one was out here helping me i certainly Mm-mm. didn't have any gay mentors you know what no. i mean like i i didn't have any television or media that was talking about that certainly wasn't educated on it um in any form of education that i that i went to and i'm a well-educated person so it was just like it really felt like you were out here thrown to the wolves. And there's also a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of fear around sex, because um, I think that we are like that sort of last generation that was like without prep when we were younger. So it was very scary. I remember I had a lot of very anxiety ridden visits to, you know, my doctor to get an HIV test. Um, And it's just, it's a, it's it was a mind fuck. It was a oh mind I fuck. it's it I unfortunately still really have to deal with that stuff of just like of being so deeply afraid of like if I like like look at someone I I have a story that I basically thought I had something and I truly didn't even know to think what it was but my body right. started to actually physically physically react out of the fear and I started to. I truly can't explain this why, but it was such a psychosomatic thing. I started to pee, not like kept having to pee. And then that my Uh body, my brain told myself that that meant I did have something. And I kept like peeing and freaking out and had like panicking. And I went to the doctor and they're like, you're completely fine. Stop freaking out. But like it, it really, it really is. It does 
plague my mind and like it it's a true you just have to work through so many layers of what we've been told and what is expected of us and i have to say like the fact that you said you've been frauding or you were frauding through your new york i think uh is oh please i was like dry humping anyone i could touch like it was just like i remember like oh my gosh like like some of the guys that i hooked up with when we were in college like I wonder if they look back on that and was like, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And then I'm like, no, Matt, that is you again, getting in your own head, making things yeah. more difficult for yourself. No one knew what the fuck they were doing. No, no how one. they acted. Like, and, and it's fine. It's also not a big deal. And I'm happy for like whatever Gen Z that like, you know, the fucking asshole is like a place that they want to endeavor to go very early. Like, love to hear this like sort of um, movement of rimming. I remember the first time I got my ass eaten in college, like, was this this kid I was in a dorm with, and, like, he ate my ass, and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? And I was, he was like, I didn't even know it was a thing. He was like, oh, I just like to do that. And I was like, uh, yeah, it's literally, it, it felt insane. It was so good. And I was just like, wow, I didn't know I fucking loved this. And I, like... I mean, like, it's just crazy. Like, I, I remember, like, even when I was younger, like, the first time I ever saw, like, a gay porn, like, a dick in an ass, I was like, they do that? Yeah. And my cousin, who I was watching it with, my straight cousin, was like, yeah, that's how they fuck. And I was like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Wait, is your straight cousin a, a, a guy or a girl? Guy. Oh, he, It was wow. just, like, fun for him. He was like, now let's watch gay porn. And I was like, okay. And he, I, I literally, like, he, he was just, like, fascinated by it, I think. And, like, it was, like, this, like, you know, taboo of, like, we're going to go on the computer and watch porn. And then we just meandered over to the gay site. And, like, I remember I got, like, a raging hard on. And he was like, are you hard right now? Because if you are, that means you're gay. And I was like, I'm not. I was like, rock hard. <laughs> anyway. Soaking. We are a part of that collection of two white men doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? Does it? It totally helps with the topic. We're talking, talking about, about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. What? Well, listen, sure. I could, of course, talk about rimming for the next hour, but I do want to ask the famous podcast question, Matt Rogers. Yeah. Whose fault is it that you're gay, Matt? Who do we blame? 
Hmm. Who do I blame for my gayness? You know, it's an interesting question. I, I would say that one of the reasons that I'm gay in the way that I am is because my parents, um, so I guess we're blaming them. <laughs> um, so thank you, parents. I love being gay now. I couldn't, couldn't always say that. But my, my parents would not allow me to watch MTV um because it was like every time i had on mtv it was like always spring break which was like the member spring break mtv <laughs> oh, was like yeah, those like aggressively like hetero sort of like miami beach rager events like with like you know jenny mccarthy hosting or whatever the fuck and like the tr like the host, hottest like, ripped guys you've ever seen yeah oh. like carson daly in like a full denim suit in the middle of miami like while everyone around him is in like a bikini or like board shorts like <laughs> raging um but that was like a really horny aggressively like anti-mom scene and so she would come in and be like you're not watching this and i was like but i love music and it's music television like this is what i want to be watching and she was like then watch vh1 so instead of watching mtv worth where it was like you know all like the youth culture and straight culture i watched like vh1 so i was exposed to like celine dion and mariah carey and shania twain and like this sort of more mature adult female sensuality sexuality mm. and also diva worship so i remember when divas live happened like i was ready because i remember that it was like the 98 divas live and this was like right when i started to culturally like more gay things because i think the second i saw kate winslet turn around in that hat in titanic i knew something was different about me i was like i'm not interested in her sexually but i am very interested in the framing i'm very interested in the hat i'm very interested in her makeup i'm very interested in her gorgeous red hair i'm very interested that the, her first line in this movie is it doesn't look as big as the mauritania like a complaint <laughs> like i'm very interested in like everything that's going on here like the reveal of her in that scene where he's drawing yes. her i'm interested in her power in the scene so i guess now i'm titter-tattering over to like kate wins it's also to blame but which we love because she's in a, we're in the winslet renaissance we but, are um, i mean the car moment with her the hand on the window i think that is maybe one pinpointed genius. moment for me genius genius and also like to pretend that leonardo dicaprio at like 19 on that ship was going to be any good at sex like so funny to me but it was in so titanic fever had sort of taken over and so that's when i started to really get into celine dion because of my heart will go on and i was such a stan and she was on vh1 all the time she couldn't have been bigger and then i really got into mariah carey and that's when like my lamb status really started mm -hmm. and i also loved shania twain I loved Shania Twain. I remember she lost an award at the like People's Choice Awards one year to Leanne Rimes, and I cried so hard that my mother was like, "You need to stop, or we're going to the doctor." <gasps> she was like, "This is like not okay. Like you can't be crying because Shania Twain lost favorite country female artist to Leanne Rimes at the People's Choice Awards, and you're seven. Like it's not something <laughs> we're going to tolerate." Seven years old. I mean, losing your goddamn mind. Literally, like standing Aretha Franklin at Divas Live. Like I think honestly, it was because my mother was like you can't watch mtv you have to watch vh1 and it was like this female beltress adult contemporary diva worship mm -hmm. that i pivoted to and then i like got all my friends at school involved in i remember when we were little we would have to like we would have like r and r time like relax and read or write like and i would like write in my book like i had a composition notebook that was literally filled with lyrics of songs by like mariah carey tony braxton like all these things and they weren't my own stories and we had to turn them into our teacher and i didn't know that so i had to turn the book into my teacher and 
I guess she wasn't a fan of this type of music because she wrote back to me in my book and she said, Matthew, your stories are so beautiful. And it was literally like The Roof by Mariah Carey, the lyrics. I'm not even kidding you. And she was like, I'm, I'm like literally like my all. Like she, my teacher thought that me at eight just used the words vividly emblazoned in my mind. Like, and she was like, you're so talented. Your stories are so beautiful and they're so heartfelt and you really have such talent. And I literally, I, I never understood why this teacher loved me so much. And then I'm realizing, oh, it's because she thought I could write like Mariah Carey. Oh my God. I mean, you were literally using the lyrics from like Grammy winning music and your poor teacher thinks that a full six-year-old is, is, a, is the penmanship of a woman scorned. Literally, like, and I'm like, what was she listening to at that time if she wasn't listening to that? Let's talk about that. She revealed that she was really into Jewel. Like, I remember I was in third grade and it was right after the Columbine shooting and I could tell my teacher was like, very shook by it because it obviously happened in a school and she she was obviously panicked because she thought it could happen to her and her kids and i remember it was right after hands by jewel came out and she made us get in a circle and grab hands and sing the song hands so looking back i think that she was like she had severe trauma Oh uh, yeah, and uh, so maybe she was more into a Lilith Fair type of female musicianship than I was. I was more like you know the belt pop goddess girl, and maybe she was like you know just um, into more acoustic stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sure as you were on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, and I'm such a fan. But I, I fucking love Danny. He's so good, so good. And when he posts, do you either- know him? um i mean i have like been social media fan like in touch over the years but like my dream is to have him on this podcast and it's gonna happen one day oh he's so great so great but he when he posts like obviously the the jessica simpson stuff the when he posted the jewel and jessica simpson like who will save your soul yeah going absolutely off i it defined uh, i think a generation but i also think it it maybe scared some people away but i think the the real the real fans stuck stuck around for sure. I mean, the fact is, I did sort of hang out with those ladies for a while. And then I sort of, you know, I liked Britney Spears the whole time. And I loved Christina Aguilera. Um, but then it was like, um, it wasn't until I was in sixth grade that I really stand beyond those women. And, and it was Kelly Clarkson. So oh. when I saw Kelly Clarkson on American Idol, it was like over for me. Because this was like right around when I was like, let's just say being gay was like vividly emblazoned in my mind. Like it was just like, I, it was a very much a constant panic and thought. And then I remember when she like started to pop off on American Idol, I remember thinking to myself, well, at least I know. And it's comforting to see America like fall in love with someone just for being themselves. That maybe that means that one day people will fall in love with me because I'm myself. I was like, maybe one day I'll be able to really be myself and it will be good. It will be enough. Cause I, I really liked her humor and thought, wow, she's just such a good singer. She's doing what she loves and she's able to represent herself in a way that she doesn't take herself too seriously. And I remember like that was the first time I was able to take a step into like, you know, I know I really like this girl and I, I like, I, I, her music makes me happy and it was such a comfort to me oh to my, see that, her honestly- be embraced. That makes me like even a little emotion thinking about like this young yeah. closet case being like Kelly's being herself and people love her for that. And people maybe will like me, even though I 
feel like I might be completely sent to hell when I tell people this, but maybe there's a chance people will like it because I'm just being who I am. And Kelly Clarkson, I hope she knows that she's done that for people. I I think that she might have an idea. I mean, it's it's really cool to see her become like this like it, it's like almost having like a third win type of intense fame like yeah. now she's huge and it feels like she was really huge during american idol mm-hmm. and then really huge during like the breakaway moment like since you've been gone and all that yeah and then she like kind of stuck around for a while and was always sort of like you know around and like she would always remind you how good she was and now it's just like since like the daytime show and the voice it's like crazy how famous she is yeah yeah and it's just i'm not surprised because it's it's like what i said it's like yes she was very famous and successful because of her incredible talent but also you have to remember like america fell in love with her like and there they haven't fallen out of love with her like it's it's so fun to see and so it still ends up being an inspiration to me yeah totally and i think that's why her show is so big now is because it's people just like constantly seeing her personality and her fucking singing new songs it's like it's yeah, it's such, relatability it, down yeah yeah it is but also it's, not it's it's like this it's like, it's like your cousin that can do that has the crazy talent and then when yeah. they stop singing they're just your cousin again you know what I mean? Right. You feel like you feel like you know them, but then they go, they go do your talent, and then you're lucky enough to have them in your life because they exactly. are that talent. Do you know though? I thought that someone who was going to have a resurgence, and, and you maybe can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was younger and I saw JoJo ascend to fame, and uh, maybe I'm just thinking of the highlights, and that's why I'm going from Kelly to JoJo. But like when right. JoJo did get out, stay out, and then it, it or get out, leave, and then it kind of she. I think went back under the radar and then it kind of has resurfaced, but she hasn't gotten as big as I thought she would. Do you agree or disagree? I would agree. I mean, like I I think that she was so shocking when she came out being 13 and her songs were such bops. Like you talk about leave, get out, but then there's also baby it's you. Remember that song? Oh my God. Uh, Like literally her first album, insane. And then she had, um, Oh God, what was that song on her second album? Um, there's this just one fucking banger on her second album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you shot the bullet, you shot the bullet that killed me, and then in a heartbeat, and I was dying. That's the bridge. I, I'm, I like, but like, yeah, look her up, everybody, because she's got. And also, she re-recorded her first album like as an adult. Did you know this? Yes. And it's like so great. You remember like how good all those songs were. Like it's oh, just and that's it's it's such a mindfuck win. And I know obviously you're a big Taylor Swift fan as well. And it's it's so crazy Taylor. when you see the the, re- the reimagined of the the re-recordings of the old stuff because it is both comforting. It's slightly haunting. It's also like you're being reunited. I also been, have it recently been reunited with Jordan Sparks. I mean, there are a killer voice, and also okay. maybe one of the best. Um, Jenna's in Waitress. Yeah, like, you have not lived until you've seen Jordan Sparks sing. She used, she used to, be, to mine. be mine. I think it is. I think it's. And I know there's the version that she does, like where she was like they like recorded her professionally doing it, not in the show. There's one clip on YouTube of her doing it from the show. Like it was like one of those like illegal Broadway recordings that they mm-hmm. do. I'm telling you, like the way she holds out the used to be and like that and like she just like literally wails it like it's a grief scream and i'm like this is she doesn't get the credit like she's talented 
And also, I think it means something for Jenna to be a woman of color, too. It's like adds more stakes. Like, it's just, yes. it's really, it's really, um, it's it's from the gut. It's it's like it is. Really and I, I was surprised when because she also was in in the Heights. I think on Broadway too. She played. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a short stint as maybe Vanessa. Vanessa. Or, yeah. Um. Did you? What did you think of the the in the Heights movie? You know what? I was like really impressed by it all the way through. I like loved mm-hmm. it. I thought I thought it was great performances anthony ramos is such a fucking superstar that it's unbelievable he's so talented as an actor as a dancer as a singer um i didn't super connect with the drum with the drama of it like i I just didn't Mm -hmm. find that there was that much like tension in it that i didn't think there was really enough like real conflict for me to feel like you know i was like it was like a twist in my heart but i will say the music was great the performances were great i just story wise yeah don't think it's his strongest like because then you see hamilton and you're like oh my god you well, know that's what i mean the thing like, is, and i and so. i i'm glad you said that because when i the the show is one of the f- first shows i saw or maybe it was like i saw the show early in its run and i was just beyond obsessed i wept i just and i was waiting for that same emotional connection to the movie and i think you're right where there wasn't that tension there and so i was the only letdown was i didn't have that same emotional release but did i gasp when they danced or walked on the side of the building of course yeah it was great yeah i mean gorgeous like but yeah it's i i i think it is one of the the better movie musicals we've seen in a long time but i do agree with the the emotional connection of it all you know i i just think like sometimes during the during the transition from from the stage to the screen it just it's never it's just not going to hit the same way you have to really nail like a diegetic like the way that chicago did and i feel like in the heights is a grounded story about like you know a neighborhood and it's just like Mm. so that's like i think you know i'm hopeful about the about the like throng of movie musicals we're getting in the next year like because there's so many coming but these contemporary musicals are just hard to adapt in in a way that's like mm, totally palatable on screen but i'm really excited to be proven wrong i am too and you know what i speaking of like musicals and pure genius i just need you to hear from my mouth in this episode that your many of your performances of course i've been a fan of and in, in an embarrassing way don't you to think i'm i'm uh sadly oh, stalking God. you it's all through love but the um one lyrical genius i that i still reference to this day is gay scarf i need you to know this <laughs> um during winters we we of course always recite our gay scarf gay scarf but also i'm the hottest who of in whoville i think Thank it's you. Like, god it's it's so funny it sounds so good if anybody listening has not heard this is there a, i know you have you have an album right can, how can well people- okay so this is the sort of this is the sort of gag with that i basically i have this christmas show that i do called have you heard of christmas and i i'm touring with it again this december and i'll announce dates super soon but i'm going like all over and i'm really excited about it and i always said like it's my christmas album that doesn't really exist so i do mm-hmm. have like a 12 song original christmas album um that i wrote with my musical director henry kapersky and like it's my pride and joy but um let's just say that it was never a real album until hopefully this year and that's i don't want to say too too much but um hopefully some cool things happen with it yeah i should say that gay scarf was written by dave mazzoni um so we get credit to him but 
Hottest Family Up in Whoville is is one of my pride and joys. So thank you. Oh, and no I, I really hope that people you don't have to celebrate Christmas to come and come enjoy the show. It's really not about Christmas. It's really just like my comedy special that I do at Masquerades as like an obnoxious Josh Groban esque Christmas yes. special. And listen up, as a Jew who played Buddy the Elf in the national tour of Elf for like three to acclaim to acclaim, baby. It like I literally learned from that show about Christmas. I was like, oh, I get it. Christmas is magic. And I'm a proud, I'm not a Jew for Jesus, but I am a Jew for Christmas. Thank you. And that's all we ask. <laughs> that's all we ask. Well, listen up. As we're getting towards the end, I do want to ask you a really important question here. If, if the world was ending, mm-hmm. you could only save one character actress, who would you save? If the world was ending and I could only save one character actress, I would save Betty Gilpin. Because mm. I feel that she is capable of everything and we have yet to really see the depths of what she can do she's also like become a friend of mine and i that's one other reason why i'm so lucky that the podcast exists because it really connected us with her and we had an episode where she came on and it was just a highlight of my life um i think that if you watch glow you understand how talented she is like this is like a character actress like trapped in a leading lady's body which is the best type of like couldn't like you know what would you call ben diagram um mm-hmm. but she's truly amazing the hunt was incredible um her performance was amazing i just think she is the real fucking deal and i say that as someone who you know is well versed in this area yeah hard not to say judy greer here because i respect it but um, I would say Betty Gilpin because I think she's like street level. I'm not even kidding. I love no, truly, I support that, and I think it's also beautiful the lifelong friendship I see you and Betty Gilpin having. I really do. Oh my god! I mean, just a tremendous human being and smart as shit, and also a great writer and good person. New mom, we love, and um, yeah, just I, I could sing her praises all day. I mean, she does things that are inventive and also like deeply deeply real and she's funny and also like has a lot of depth and also like has done the work like she's like she's like a real actress but also you can tell that it comes from a place of fun and of not taking herself super seriously like she obviously takes what she does very seriously but i don't think she takes herself super seriously she knows enough not to uh, so that's an interesting walk to walk but she does it and i'm always obsessed with her well, that's one of the most perfect uh types of people is like the great talent with also not thinking that they're so serious that they can't make fun of themselves or like be silly or whatever it is and i think that that is the way to go speaking of though um I, this made me think of a show that people keep telling me to watch and I started last night. Have you watched um, Call My Agent yet? No. Okay, so it's on Netflix. It's a French show and it's um, it's like French entourage, but without the uh, misogyny. And it's also the actual actors that are uh, very famous in France. They play themselves in the show, but it's like, it's smart. It is funny. It is like crazy high stakes. Highly recommend. Great endorsement. Ringing endorsement. I mean, truly. And since we are just about out of time, I'm going to ask you the final question that I, I'm taking a page out of Danny Pellegrino's book, who asks a favorite Mariah Carey song. I'm going to ask you, Matt Rogers, mm. what is your favorite Whoopi Goldberg movie? <gasps> oh my God. I would say 
my favorite Whoopi Goldberg movie is Sister Act 2. Thank you so much. Back in the habit. But I also love Ghost. I appreciate mm-hmm. Ghost. Um, and I think The Color Purple was an achievement. And I yes. think that was her Oscar. But, you know, they gave it to her for Oda May, which is also yes. worthy. Well, Joel Kim Booster was the first person I asked this new pod question last week, and he also answered Sister Act 2. And I'm starting to think, what if every single person answers that? But I think that's okay, Matt. I think it might be okay, and I think it would make Whoopi happy, to be honest. Yes. Because, you know, she kind of like, over the past couple decades, she's really just kind of done The View. And we'd love to see Whoopi back in film. But, you know, she like tried to get Sister Act 3 to happen, and they like wouldn't finance it. Like, apparently, it's their opinion that people wouldn't go see it. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. But see, I thought that was the the case. And then they re-announced that it is happening. Has it, is it not happening now? I don't know. It's, it's, it's murky, which makes me feel not confident. Yeah. Well, let's all put our prayers up for Sister Act 3 and Whoopi Goldberg returning to our screens. Um, Listen, Matt Rogers, I want to thank you for coming on That's the Gayest Podcast. It really is such a treat and a thrill to see you. And I'm so, so grateful. You're a motherfucking star. Oh, I'm I'm lucky to be here. It's it's my my honor and privilege. Thank you so much, Eric. You rock. I hope you enjoyed that re-release of Matt Rogers' incredible episode. We've got to have him back on soon. And speaking of soon, I will see you at That's a Gay Ass Love Share on Thursday and in New York will be in June. Reminder to throw a five-star review if you have not yet and follow along at Gay Ass Podcast for more. I love you. I really do. We are a part of that collection of two white men doing <laughs> podcasts. We're two queer white men. How does that differentiate us at all? Or does I, it? I it totally helps with the topic. We're talking, we're talking about, about musicals. And we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.